I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. Joining us today is guest Susan Pascal, founder and director of the nationally acclaimed South Pasadena Strings Program. Her Los Angeles Children's Orchestra has performed on America's Got Talent and at Carnegie Hall, where they set a world record as the youngest orchestra ever to perform there. Her Pascal Method approach to teaching is receiving international attention for its success with launching young children into music. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. You've written articles and presented, including to DreamWorks, on the topic of why children should study music and how to do it. Your approach really resonated with me. I love how it's kind of like this tiger mom results without the tiger mom bite. <laughs> right. You promote having a high level of ambition, excellence, expectation without the negativity that can go along with being a tiger mom, which is a term that became popular with the pop- publication of Emily Chua's book, Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, which is an excellent, excellent. book. Love to the book. You wrote an article called A Lion Mom Roars, where you talk about your methods for getting high-level results without sacrificing your child's childhood or the parent-child relationship. Talk to us about what your methods are for getting these results without the negativity. Right. So yeah, in my program, I make sure that the level of instruction is very high, but at the same time, we keep it fun. And (laughs) one way I do that is to have positive reinforcement. So even when they're first learning to play the violin, we have very specific ways of teaching that are pretty strict. But along the way, they're getting stickers, they're getting prizes Mm -hmm. for practicing every day. And the key also to get the the parents on board is that you're very organized with the way that you teach. So in my own book that I designed for beginning violin, for instance, we have um, a puzzle at the bottom of each lesson with colorful stickers that they can put in at the end of each practice day they they place the sticker and at the end of the week they have a complete puzzle for example if they complete the puzzle then they'll come back to class and they'll get a prize so that's just in the very beginning positive reinforcement every step of the way some parents like well we don't do bribes in our philosophy it's not a bribe it's a reward for a child, you know, as young as four or five can relate to mm-hmm. getting a simple reward just for doing something that, you know, is a little bit difficult for them. Yes, it's not easy yes. for a five-year-old, you know, to hold a violin. Right. So we do break down the steps in the way that they hold it. But as they move forward, as soon as they can play a scale, we move the kids into a group setting. Kids love other kids. So mm-hmm. when they graduate from the beginning violin class, they're all of a sudden they're in an orchestra. And the music is very simple, but they're with their friends. We play concerts, you know, just like the bigger kids. Mm -hmm. And the reward is they play, they get dressed up, they perform. Maybe the parents take them out for ice cream afterwards. Mm -hmm. So the whole philosophy from the beginning was in sort of a reward system for working hard and also seeing that hard work will pay off for them. Mm -hmm. So as the kids are getting older and things are getting a little bit more difficult, the reward, I've had to get a little more creative with the reward system. Sure. I can relate to that. My kids are now teenagers. And so I've kind of seen that progression. (laughs) And I did write an article, how to get um, your kids through the difficult teenage years. So what we've been able to accomplish with the program is setting up really 
cool goals for the kids. For example, the first big trip we went was to Carnegie Hall. Now, you know, every nowadays it's not that hard to bring your group to Carnegie Hall, yet to bring a group at a very high level after yeah. they work so hard, that's a different way of looking at it. And it's yeah. really the journey to get there, which was the most important thing. Sure. Now, the Carnegie Hall performance, that was before America's Got Talent or after? It was actually, we went three times before America's Got Talent. Oh, wow. So wow. in the program, every four years, we, we basically get ready for four years, you know, psychologically, uh-huh. and say, if you work hard, you're going to go to New York, play at Carnegie Hall. Many of the kids, they're too young to even know what Carnegie Hall oh, is, okay. honestly. Sure. Sure. You know, the parents know, and so they get on board. But so what I'll have to say is you get to go to the M&M store, you know, in New York, that's you know, three <laughs> floors. They can relate you know. to that. They can relate to the M&M store. Yeah. Well, when I saw the video of your orchestra playing on America's Got Talent, I just was blown away by so many things. I mean, I had a huge smile on my face the whole time I was listening to it. And for listeners, if you haven't seen it, we're going to play the audio from that at the end of this episode. And I encourage you to also go online and look at the visuals, too, so that you can see these kids. I mean, they're... It's incredibly choreographed. These string players are doing the splits while they're playing. It's just incredible. And it's very obvious that the kids are having a great time, having fun, and they're very well-trained. I mean, they're playing at a very excellent high level. And so it's it was really impressive. And I know... In your article, you talk about how anger's, you know, that's one of your, your points is it's not, it's not anger, it's um, rewards and using positive reinforcement. You talk about what you already mentioned with rather than solitary confinement of playing alone for hours and hours a day, you get students in a group setting where they have that social interaction with each other too. You do talk too about how putting practice, uh, putting time into practice is important and how that that is what's necessary to get the technical skills and be technically proficient. But you talk about how when you go out into the real world and start auditioning for conservatories and high-level orchestras, the social skills are really important. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and the again, being in an orchestra, the kids learn how to get along with other kids. I call it like healthy competition. Mm, Although mm -hmm. kids are constantly auditioning in my program, I actually start kids auditioning, you know, right out of the gate. So you can be four-year-old, five-year-old, you're in orchestra, and we actually will have them come in individually, having prepared their music and play for me and a couple of judges, in quotes. And I tell the parents, they get a little bit nervous. I say, no, this is part of getting comfortable preparing and playing in front of people. Mm. So if you can imagine if you're taking auditions from the age of five, by the time you get to 18, you're pretty comfortable going into like a college setting like that. Now these auditions with a four or five year olds, are those practice auditions? Are they actually auditioning for a certain role? Well, they are auditioning for a place. Like maybe it's, well, you get to play in the concert if you succeeded in learning all their music. Of course, everyone succeeds, you know, I mean, if they're five, we're very kind and supportive about that. But they feel a sense of a little bit nervous. Oh, my God, am I going to play okay? And then they come out. They I really have never had an experience where a kid did not prepare enough because, again, 
we're we're being supportive. We get them to be, you know, more concerned than they would if everyone is in no matter what. And, you know, honestly, there are other youth orchestras out there that are great and necessary and everyone can get into their group. And I think there is a place for that and a need for that. But in my program, I don't my philosophy is I want everyone to earn their spot Mm. in, in the group because they worked hard. And within that, as the kids get older, let's say seven and eight year olds, because at that point, my seven and eight year olds are playing three active scales with vibrato and on pretty high level already because of mm-hmm. the way that we teach. Okay. They're auditioning for a chair like this first chair. There's in first violin. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, so there's first, second and third um, sections. And sometimes they end up in last chair and they're and they cry and they and. Honestly, the kids that end up in last chair, the next audition, which could be six months later, mm-hmm. they're usually in the front of the section. Oh, so really? they are also, yes, it, <laughs> it happens most of the time. I mean, the only time a kid will quit because of that, it's the parent who pulls them out because mm-hmm. they're disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's never the child. Well, you talk talk in your article, too, about how important it is for parents not to tie their self-esteem too tightly to their children's performance. And I thought that was really important and profound, too. You talk about how mistakes are a laughing matter. It's okay to make mistakes. Oh, my God. It's absolutely. In fact, I have, you know, uh, just not too long ago, I had a little girl come in and she wasn't trained with my kids. She came in not having started in the program. Pretty much when you start in my program, my, one of my pet peeves is you, you must learn the form correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and I have several teachers that work for me, and I, I keep a watchful eye on making sure that job gets done. Mm-hmm. So a, 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 girl, a little person who came from another teacher after studying two years, it's going to be more challenging to get them playing. It will take more time. Sure. And yeah. so we were about to go onto a TV show as a PBS thing, and the kids were practicing. And she was brand new and she was playing a little cello in the back. And I didn't want to exclude her from Mm -hmm. the concert because she had already been attending. But the way I describe the sound of the orchestra, if you have a clear glass of water and you drop one dot of ink in it, it's going to muddy the the color of the glass of water. Mm -hmm. In an orchestra, if everyone is playing in tune and there's one kid playing, you know, haphazardly, Mm -hmm. it's going to muddle. Sure. the overall sound and we were going on TV. And I, I said to, to her, I said, listen, what you want to do is really listen to the other kids. If you can't play the passage, it's okay. Just lift your bow above the string mm-hmm. and no one will know. Yeah. But in this case, we don't want to ruin the performance mm-hmm. like that. And, and so the mom, you know, she got really mad at me and uh, ripping mad actually. Oh, no. And um, it was, that she didn't really understand my philosophy. She had just come in the program and she, she pulled out eventually out of the program because she couldn't handle anything negative, even if it was trying to help the overall, you know, coming at her daughter. So, and we've had other situations where we're doing seating, especially around the Carnegie trips, the parents don't like their kids seat and they, they pull out, they just won't do it. And I always feel really, really sad you know, for the kids, you know, it's okay to not be, you know, to not be successful once in a while. My Mm. own daughter, she auditioned, she was a very high level cellist and she auditioned for a school, a high school arts 
um, school and she got last chair in the orchestra. And I was like telling my friends, this is great. I said, yay, <laughs> finally, you know, she's not first chair. And, um, and then she worked really hard and she moved up the next year, but sure. see, it's not always, you can't always protect your kids that way. Sure. And I, I feel proud that my kids can learn healthy competition mm-hmm. and, you know, work hard, move up. Maybe one year you didn't. But honestly, if you have 10 kids vying for a spot, someone's practicing more. They're listening to their parents to go into the room and practice Mm -hmm. um, like that. But all my kids, I do try and train the parents, too, that if the kids work hard, they get to play hard, too. Mm. So we do things like we have a festival at Disneyland and we practice. We do the competition. We always win first place because I'm very particular about, <laughs> you know, the products. And then they get to go to Disneyland. Uh-huh. And one year, some parents were like, well, we'll do the competition, but we don't want to go to the park. Mm-hmm. And I said, but that's why we do the competition. So the kids can feel uh-huh. the reward. And I basically said, we all go or we don't go. Sure, you know, I'm not okay. going to leave sure. out a kid. Sure. So, so some of those things come up. Um, when we do the other thing we do to get kids to practice is we do practice clubs. So we open up the school. We have about 25 kids come and they earn as they're practicing either individually in groups. Whenever they do something positive, they get rewarded boot camp bucks. Mm-hmm. And so all day they're collecting boot camp bucks. Oh, you sounded great. Thank you for playing that scale for the class. They got rewarded $20 in boot camp bucks and all this. At the end of the day, they take their boot camp bucks and then they buy things from the, the store that we put together. Oh, okay. So, you know, like a little eraser or – and sure. they, they think that's fantastic. Oh, I bet. And yeah. it kind of represents how we feel about working hard in general. Yeah. My kids sometimes do sleepovers. They bring their instruments. Mm-hmm. But we never say – you know, we never do anything punishing or – something that will take away the joy of playing the instrument because playing music is all about being with your friends. This mm. It's social. It's not piano, which is a little bit more lonely. Yeah. You're here playing in string quartets, orchestra, traveling. So, yeah, my yeah, philosophy. Well, one thing that you mentioned in your article about that, too, is in music, as in life, aiming to be number one is a losing proposition because there's always going to be somebody who's better. And if children learn cooperation, if they have those social skills, if they get along with, with people, then probably if there's two players that are to choose from, it's the one who gets along with everybody who's going to get the job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In real life, absolutely. It's the nice person who gets along that they will hire my, my, my daughter who's very, very social she went through the program. Um, the other topic would be kids with disabilities and how we do not change the standards for them either. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a disability and we still expect you to learn the music, play with good form. It may take longer to get to the same level, but you'll get to the same level as the next child. So, And I've studied this for 18 years. I've gravitated towards kids that need the extra help. Yeah, and I, I want to hear. I want to hear more of that before we do. Tell me about the quality time too of the practice, because I'm sure that is a big factor. You had mentioned practice clubs. Talk to us right. about the quality of practice versus just putting in your time. Right. Well, one um, after you know trying all the different ways to communicate 
to the kids on how to practice, I I developed a practice organizer. It's called the Ultimate Practice Organizer with reward stickers. Of course, there's colorful stickers there in the back because I love stickers. Um, <laughs> I do too. And I, it took me a while to design a an eight and a half by eleven organizer that is good for one year and categorizes all the different things. There's a spot in the organizer with places to tick off that you did this every day, how much time, how many times you can do it. Mm-hmm. There's a box for goals and there's also a box for compliment. So, okay, so definitely can... some strategy that's going into how the practice time is spent. Exactly. Breaking it down into many, many categories. Mm-hmm. So time-wise, amounts of time. And then again, getting rewarded. And there's nothing more rewarding than at the end of the week, you see a child sees, wow, I did this every day. Mm-hmm. And and the reward coming back is a sticker. And also you get a compliment from the teacher. And it's basically a journal that you keep. Oh. And kids, sometimes I'll forget, like, the mother will say, oh, you didn't um, give the compliment Did is it every or the, the sticker. And I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You rushed out <laughs> because they're looking for that, you know, that positive reinforcement. Uh-huh. And there's there's always a goal and there's always a compliment. You did uh-huh. this great. Or sure. or you know what? Maybe try harder. You know, this was not sure. a good lesson. And the other <laughs> sure. thing is I'm not afraid to have a kid have a bad lesson and say, this was a bad lesson. Mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it and not once in a while, but if there's a string of bad lessons, let's say three or four in a row, mm-hmm. I'll have to say to the child, listen, I could be home with my husband and, and feeding my kids dinner, but I'm here with you. Mm. And if you can't put out the same effort that I'm putting out, you know, I'm not going to want to teach you. Mm-hmm. So and I give them ample warning. And so it is a little bit threatening, but again, I've never lost a student. They always come through for me. Sure. Well, obviously your methods are really working. I mean, the video that I saw where your orchestra was on it, America's Got Talent. I know one of the judges asked one of the kids how long he had been playing violin, and he said one to two years. And uh, I was yeah. just like, oh my goodness, that is amazing. And yeah, one of they... your other factors is stick with it. And you talk about how... You, the the lion mother and the tiger mom have something in common and that's, you're both stubborn and you talk about how you do have to stick with it. There were, there will be difficult parts. There will be some frustrating times, but you got to stick with it and don't give up. Yeah. And also no belittling, you know, as long as a child is putting out their effort and, mm. you know, sometimes kids can't put out effort. They don't feel well, they have a cold or there's a re I always feel if there's something not right if a kid is not producing, let's go a little further. What's happening with that child? I had a child the other day. She said, I hate violin. I mean, she was a six-year-old. She came in mm-hmm. for a lesson. And the mother had told me, "Be you know, she's low-key person, but she wants them to continue. It's required. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the lesson, I wasn't like, oh, you hate violin. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. But, you know, this is what we're doing now. And mom mm. wants you to take lessons. It's good for the brain and all this stuff, you know. Sure, and sure. But I spent the rest of the lesson showing her how fun it could be. I showed her videos of the kids playing. There was extra stickers involved. We mm-hmm. started playing with the piano. And yeah, well, that makes I real- the relationship respectful, too. Like you said, there's not belittling. You're showing respect to them for with where they are. And it keeps the relationship healthy. Yeah, I think health is, you know, once it goes ugly and parents are 
There is a fine line. Honestly, we all went through with our kids. The next article will be, will be you thought you were a good mother until you took up music lessons at a high level. <laughs> because there is that crossover that we all deal with. Yeah. And that's where I, if I sense that the parent is crossing over or is about to, that's when I step in. I go, no, you don't. Don't let me step in. Let me help you. Yeah. I want to make sure we save time for what you started talking about earlier with, I know you've taught a lot of kids with disabilities and you talk about how music saves lives. Music saves kids. Talk to us yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. This is just very close to home. My two kids had issues right away coming out of the womb. Uh, my son um, was severely speech delayed, didn't speak. And I didn't know it was my first child. And then he started speaking like at seven completely. Mm-hmm. I had to learn sign language wow. to communicate with him and and all that. He just was born that way. And then my daughter had a very bad uh, ADD pretty much through school. She could not pass her subjects. And she, we, we say she was the last picked in PE. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So through all that, um, I knew that music was a great way to, you know, helping their self-esteem and helping them potentially go to college and all that. And in the end, I saw how my own kids were transformed by music. My little one, uh, my girl, who was really the reason I started the orchestra when I moved from New York to L.A., she ended up graduating the Juilliard School Mm. and going off, you know, to Europe and has a great life. And my son, who couldn't speak, is an extremely talented jazz player and now is a teacher. He loves helping kids through music. Mm. So that was my first personal experience you know, no mm-hmm. seeing how my kids were able to function and be happy through the, the the friends they made through music and all that. I always said they were like oddballs, you know, growing up. They weren't <laughs> mainstream kids. And a lot of kids are, you know, they're not mainstream. They're not mm-hmm. popular. Sure. Um, and so when a kid would come into the program, I had one boy who he couldn't identify his right hand muscles from his left. And, we're, we're, you know, I'm teaching him how to hold the bow and draw the bow across the strings. And mm-hmm. It took a very long time to have him connect and other kids with, with issues. I would say, bring it on. I, I want to help these kids. I would end up going to their IEP meetings at school. And mm. I was so determined to, to personally help them through the music. The boy that couldn't use his muscles from the, the bow hand ended up at Carnegie hall oh, playing really? the oh. same music with the other children. Mm. I was just really, I, I, put a smile on everyone's face, honestly. And also socially, he was, he was odd, little oddball ish. Uh And he had friends in the quartet and the orchestra. And there are many, many, many cases of kids that have come through the program that I say, you know, parents are worried. And I'll just say, they will do, they will play very well their instrument, but it's going to take longer. So a kid that takes one month, he's going to take five months possibly. Okay. And, you know, in the end, they have self-esteem and they have something that's going to help them. Ah, I love that. Very inspiring. Well, we always have an improv segment of the podcast. It's a try this at home, an experiment, a hack that will enhance listeners' lives with music. Do you have anything for us today? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about um, a little gift I can give the audience um, based on my own experience, which is I... You know, being a classical nerd growing up, 
Um, I really never listened to any other type of music, and I ended up marrying a rock and roll guy, believe it or uh, not. Okay. <laughs> and, and then my son is a jazzer, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted to um, tell the audience to not be afraid to open up to new genres of music. Mm. So, you know, there's classical, jazz, rock and roll, country, rap, reggae, and all this. Uh-huh. So I want them to be open to trying out new things. For example, if you're in the car, turn on a radio station you wouldn't normally listen to Mm. and see if it moves you in any way. It doesn't have to be something you're used to, but are you affected emotionally Mm. by the music? Go to a performance of a friend or relative you normally wouldn't gravitate towards. Mm. I remember I really did not understand opera, nor did I listen to opera, but my father did. And I was asked out on a date to to see an opera at the Metropolitan Opera House Mm. in New York. And the experience was transforming. I don't know mm. if you ever listen to opera or go to an opera, but now I'm not. I've actually thought about that before. <laughs> yeah, because you're so intimidated. You yeah. know, some people just are intimidated by new things. So you can also, if you know a friend who's performing, you know, at a club or you know, local uh-huh. theater, take you know, take the risk, go. And sure. usually, if you know someone who's performing, you'll be more engaged in it. Like it's one thing you go to an orchestra concert, you don't know anyone and you take a nap, you know, but (laughs) if you know five people in the orchestra through friends or if they're teachers on your faculty, Uh then you'll be like waving to them and you'll go backstage. All of a sudden you're more connected to the experience. And also, you know, you know, lastly, you should trust your own instincts. If something is boring, it's maybe it's not because you're not educated. Maybe it's just boring. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe you're you went to a concert and you're sitting on dirt or you can't hear the music properly, mm-hmm. you know, or it's too hot. So maybe those are reasons that you're not enjoying the concert. Mm-hmm. But in the end, music is about communicating feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And if that's not if it's not reaching, if that's not happening, try, don't give up. Okay. Try something else. Love that. Great idea. How can listeners more about learn more about your work and connect with you? You have a website, which is pascalmusic.com. Yes. Yeah, so we changed the uh, name of the program. In the beginning, it was South Pasadena Strings because we were a neighborhood program. And then we expanded throughout past the neighborhood into all of L.A. and beyond. So, yeah, you can go to pascalmusic.com. Okay, we have so, a Facebook so page. South Pasadena Strings Program is now called what? Pascal Music Institute. Pascal Music. Oh, okay. Yeah, so pascalmusic.com. Um, you can find us, Susan Pascal. I like to use my own name for um, my Facebook. Okay. So you see some fun things. And I do have a, a Pascal Music Facebook page, too, but mostly I use the Susan Pascal. Okay. Okay, you're also on Instagram. You have a YouTube I just started channel. posting my techniques. If there are any violinists out there, I've been posting my kids playing different things and then trying to help other teachers see, you know, creative ways to get them to do things that maybe mm. they have difficulty doing. Mm. Yeah, great idea. You're on Twitter. I'll include links to all these in the show sure. notes. Your books are distributed by Alfred Music Publishing. Yeah, and, and they're found online. Pretty okay. much everywhere. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm also going to show the link for some videos that I especially enjoyed. For sure, the America's Got Talent performance. Yeah. I'll have a link to that on the show notes. Yeah. 
Well, for our ending, our coda, the musical ending, you are sharing with us the performance of your orchestra on America's Got Talent. And like I said before, I just had this huge smile on my face the whole time I watched it. Uh, listeners will get to listen. I do encourage you to go online and look at the YouTube where you have the visual as well, because it is so fun to see the choreography and just see the smiles on these kids' faces. In fact, I was going to ask you, they are, they have such great stage presence. You must give them training in that as well. We do try and stay very happy (laughs) when we're performing. (laughs) We did have a little contest, uh, periodically, whoever can keep smiling and show their joy of music will get a prize. So okay. even in the end, because when you play classical music, or in this case, it was, you know, pop, but uh-huh. it's very difficult actually to smile and play, you know, with your chin oh, on the yeah. chin rest. So we did have to train them to have fun and be relaxed and okay. not focus so much on what you're doing. And that what you what you will see was tons and tons of rehearsal and practice and to the point where it was so easy for them to do it. And uh, we did make it to the second round also of America's Got Talent. Yes. Yes. Well, here is the performance on America's Got Talent. Do yourself a favor and watch the YouTube video too. So you have the visuals, including at the very end, that little boy winking. I just broke up laughing when I saw that. (laughs) So much fun. Welcome to America's Got Talent. Thank you. What is your name and what is the name of your of your group? I am Susan Pascal. The name of my group is the Los Angeles Children's Orchestra. How did you get this group together? I started my program actually 14 years ago. I'm from Long Island. And I... <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, we could just hear that. <laughs> and I moved to California with my two kids. I was a single mom. And I went to sign my kids up for orchestra in the local school, and there was no orchestra for them. So I ran around my schoolyard. I'm like, who wants to learn to play violin? I will teach you for free. 25 kids signed up for my free class. Wow. Okay. I wish all of you good luck. Have fun. Thank you so much.
Well, Susan, you should be very proud of yourself. You started this off in your backyard, and now you're here on the biggest stages. And kids, you should be very proud of yourself. It warms my heart when a, this generation starts to learn the music of the Beatles. The Beatles were so important and influential. Kids, great job. I love you. up because I'm thoroughly excited about this act. Your timing is on point and more than anything you really made me smile because you all looked like you were thoroughly enjoying it. You really did. I'm equally as intrigued. I'd like to talk to one of you. What was your name young man? William. William. <laughs> How long have you been doing this William? Uh, two to, one to two years. One to two years. And what does this mean to you, William? What are you looking for? Well, I want to win a million dollars. I have a good feeling about this, and I'm going to start this off with a big yes. I think you're going to be a fan favorite. I'm going to give you your second yes. You guys are very inspirational. I have to say yes. Four yeses! Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. A special thank you to listener Sarah in Lake Leelanau, Michigan, who shared this practical way her family enhances life with music. Sarah wrote, We are a family who schools at home, utilizing a curriculum that puts everything to music for easy memorization. What a great idea. I didn't know until getting Sarah's message that there's actually a curriculum that puts everything to music. What a cool way to remember facts and also enjoy all the benefits of singing that we heard about back in episode four when Megan Morrow listed benefits of singing that included strengthening the immune system, increasing lung capacity. Singing is a natural antidepressant. It releases endorphins, relaxes us and reduces stress levels, expands vocabulary, increases neuroplasticity, and trains the ear, resulting in greater empathy when listening to others. Imagine having a whole family who's empathetic listeners. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for that listener improv. Each episode includes an improv from our guest, a try this at home experiment or hack, a practical concrete way to enhance life with music. Send me your listener improv like Sarah did by sharing a practical way that you use music to enhance your life. Leave a comment on my website, mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. Comment on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or send me an email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.